0: You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we finish up Meridian side quests, meet Sun King Avad, and make a plan to recover Ursa. Welcome to episode 14 of Bitekeeper Protocol. Keeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop Tart. Hello, hello. Yes, and I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out the show or come back to the show. We hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you're enjoying the game. And uh, we would love to have you join our Discord at Mash.GG slash Discord. Where we do have channels uh, for Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, spoiler channels as well. So, we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on the game, your thoughts on the show. So, feel free to hop in and join us at slash Discord. Uh, So, on our previous episode, we mostly covered side quests from Meridian. That's what uh, the the Meridian main story quest is, you know, kind of wrapping up here. So, we wanted to get these side quests out the way first. So, that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode, we also talked a little bit about the North Rust Wash, which is where Maker's End was, but I mean, there's not much, not much up there. The big the, the big show is Maker's End, right? Christmas, so,
1: Christmas Town, right?
0: Christmas Town, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> there you go. We call, we call the North of the Rust Wash Christmas Town. So, uh, but yeah, so in this episode, we're going to continue to push forward with more side quests from Meridian. And then we're also gonna get started on the main story quest into the borderlands. Alright, so we're gonna get started with Fatal Inheritance. And you get this side quest in the Meridian village, and you hear a man named Ranaman talking to an Osram guard or or a uh a, a vanguard. I think that's what they call him a vanguard. Um I think they just call them the vanguard. Uh or they might have said Osbram guard. I can't remember. It doesn't make It was, it make was some
1: difference. kind of guard.
0: It was some kind of guard. But uh, he wants the guard to help his family. So his family's in danger. Uh, but you, I don't think he says what actually happened. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's an audio clip to kind of intrigue you to, to talk to this guy. And uh, the guard's not helping. Uh, he says their orders aren't to help because past the valley. They keep losing patrols. So... Mm-hmm. They don't go out past the valley anymore. So you do. You go up and talk to Ranaman. He says his father's estate has been attacked by machines. Uh He says the last he saw there was a Ravager and a pack of Watchers there. His father sent him to Meridian to get help. And then he uh also mentions the same fact that the guard said. That the Sun King said they could no longer protect freeholds beyond the valley. So Aloy asks about the estate. And Ramani starts talking about it, but from kind of like the money perspective, he's <laughs> like, you know, oh, my father owns a dozen quarries. He puts the money into tapestries, custom woodworks and silver fixtures. And then Alois is like, well, I'm, I'm I'm kind of asking about the people of the estate. And <laughs> so he's like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Uh, and so his father and sister and about a dozen guards and servants are there. Uh, so Aloy's, yeah, she agrees to go check out the estate. And when you get there, there's a ravager and two watchers. I mean, this isn't really a tough situation, especially for Christina, because she's a boss now when it comes to Ravagers. She's got, just got to get that gun off, right? Right. That's the theme.
1: Well, actually, this is the first instance that I did that. This is where I started realizing my powers in this world. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did this quest pretty early on, and I was like, you know what? Let me actually try to do this the smart way. Um, so I shot the gun off closer to him, and then just shot or closer to me, and then just shot everything. And then there was some stuff outside of the camp, or the area, and I shot all of them, too, because I still had ammo.
0: Really? So you just walked out there, and, and you brought, you chose violence? <laughs> yep, guns are
1: blazing, just, yeah.
0: Just because you could, because you mm-hmm. had the extra ammo. Wow, exactly. what a killer. What a killer. <laughs> uh, so, you know, after you get done with those two, or with those three, there's three machines there, I'm pretty sure, um, you hear somebody yelling inside the building, so you go in there, And there's a a young woman named Dorati. And, uh, you know, she's like, everybody else is dead. And she thought nobody was going to find her. And it was her father who actually saved her life because he pushed her in there. And then he went to go fight off some of the machines. So she could hear that he's like, I think he's like successfully killed a watcher. So he did us a little favor. There were two watches instead of three. But then she said she heard a Ravager cannon. And then after that, it just went quiet. So I think that's when uh, dad lost that game. but um. Yeah, after that, you know, she was just stuck in there and calling for help. She has no idea what caused the attacks. She says there's, you know, there had been more machines than ever, and that's why they had up the guard there. But they had never attacked like that. So, you know, Aloy, of course, you turn on your focus. You start investigating and boom, there's a, a, I think, not an icon, but there's, there's definitely something like their barn or storehouse. Uh, and you want to go check it out. I think you had to get a key though. Doesn't one mm-hmm. of the dead bodies have a key on them?
1: Yes. I found that before I even spoke to her. Cause I like to investigate everything and then move forward.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I definitely was like, why do the store open? And then, and then I was like, yeah, I got a key. So, <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah. So you get into the the storehouse. I think it's more of a storehouse, less, less, less of a barn. And uh, yeah, there's a machine lore inside. So clearly, this was done on purpose. Somebody left that machine lore there. Um, well, I, at first, I think, was this the first time? I'm trying to think of when I actually ran this side quest. I can't remember if this is the first time I saw machine lore or not. I can't remember. And I was like, well, maybe somebody found this thing and brought it back, not knowing what it was.
1: I I think this might have been the first time I saw it, but I knew what it was right away.
0: Right. I mean, when I did the notes, I think we've seen machine wars a few times at this point. Anytime you see a machine war, right. you know somebody did it on purpose. Right. So yeah, now I'm like, of course it was on purpose. <laughs> Nobody brings <laughs> machine wars <lures> back. <laughs> you don't know, by accident. Not in this game. Uh, but yeah. So this machine war is brought back, and Aloy stalks to Dorada again, and. You know, she's like, oh, who might have done this? Did your dad have any enemies? And the first person she talks about is her brother. Because apparently, uh, his dad, the the father had kicked him out of the estate because he was gambling. He was stealing. And he actually tried uh, his hand at extortion. And, um, you know, when he, the only reason he sent Aloy there, because he wanted somebody to clear the machines out so he can kind of claim the estate. You know, he was trying to get his people to do his dirty work for him and uh like a villain he just appears out of nowhere <laughs> you know he does like he's like a, like he just appears out of nowhere and uh you know he's like oh you know the sister asks oh do you have any honor and he's like i guess not but you know he doesn't care cuz he he's clearly only there for the money that's what he's there for he's there for the cash and uh, he actually says i think he says um where i, I know i have it here oh he says Tell uh, When you meet father in the next life, tell him I'm enjoying his money. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what he says to her. And then you get like an instant karma moment. So he has another lore with him. You can see him holding it the entire time if you look. But he has another lore with him. And he activate, activates it and he starts monologuing. And while, while he's monologuing, he just gets like, you know, yoked up by a glint hawk.
1: <laughs> I uh I literally wrote in my notes gets destroyed lolol. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what happened. He got he got wrecked by Glint Hawk, man. And like almost immediately when he when when, it, when that happened. So one thing is like, okay, well you know what the device does. Right. Why did you hold on to it? Right. Why did you hold on to it if you know what the device does?
1: Was it active so, yeah, the whole time hard. he was walking, too? Or did he activate it as he pulled it out
0: of his pocket? No. I think he, he activated it as he starts to saying, You know, I'm not going to kill you myself. I'll have, you know, something like I'll have this do the dirty work for me or something like that. And as he's, like, talking about it, the Glen just comes and like. I like, you know, just grabs him like <laughs> I just
1: don't understand why he did that when he's like I needed you to clear out the machines and then he calls more machines like who's gonna clear yeah, those yeah. machines out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because clearly the guards won't. Like right. maybe he'll get somebody else to do it. So, but uh, yeah, that's it. Was it was instant karma? Like, come on, man. Like you gotta like maybe you shouldn't have had. Maybe you shouldn't have gotten the inheritance. Like you're not thinking clearly. So, but hey. Now, now he's dead, but all AOA really has to do is you got to kill the three glint Hawks. Not a difficult fight because there's a lot of space. You know, there's a lot of space here, so it's not not a difficult fight. And uh, yeah, like after that, you speak to Dorati one more time. She thanks AOA, of course. She says, "Good people like her make up for the scum like her brother." And I'm like, mm, "Do they?" But still, that's what she says, and she gives you one of those reward boxes. I think it's a green one, though. I don't think it's, like, a very good one.
1: You know what? Whenever I get a reward box, I forget to look at them until I have a lot. So I have no idea what I've been even getting from doing (laughs) any of these side quests or whatever.
0: Yeah, like, it's not very, like, it's, it's, I don't think it's a very, like, good uh, reward box. And uh, she also says that her father would want her to rebuild, but she doesn't think it's safe. So she's not going to rebuild there. But I'm, I hope you take those silver fixtures with you. Those fine tapestries and that custom woodwork. Get right. some of that money out. That's, I mean, other than that, it's a waste.
1: She's set for life. She could just settle down anywhere.
0: Exactly. Just somewhere not beyond the valley at this point, I would imagine. Right.
1: But, I mean, it got more dangerous out there, probably because of the lures and the brother trying to get, you know, machines to attack. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe, but they also were just having trouble past the valley in general True, with more machines and the derangement and stuff like that. But it seems that the guards had it underway because the machines aren't just the machines aren't looking for trouble, right? Right. If you go into their area, they're going to attack you. That's what the derangement really is about. Uh, And so, yeah, they're not necessarily looking for trouble. They're not looking to, to, to hurt somebody, but they will if they see you, right? So, yeah. But uh, that's that's that quest. Pretty, pretty simple, pretty easy. I mean, it's pretty fast, too, because you get it from the Meridian Village, and I mean, you can just step out of the Meridian Village and ride right to it. It's not far at all.
1: Right. This feels more like an errand, because it's like, go there, do a thing, you're done.
0: Right. I guess maybe because you weren't collecting anything, you know? I guess so. so. Because we still haven't cracked the code of what what makes an errand and what makes a side (laughs) quest.
1: Maybe the collecting things is the key.
0: Maybe. Maybe. I haven't paid enough attention to them to be perfectly honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) I just do the thing. That's what I do. I just do the thing. So. Yeah, but let's, let's move on to a moment's peace which this one uh, definitely it's, 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 it has some travel required, to, to say the least. But uh, in Meridian, close to the Hunter's Lodge, you'll find a man named Vilgund, and he will have a task for you.
2: Oi hey there, Outlander! Name's Vilgund. Did you come to the city looking for work? Oh, good shards! Enough to buy garb more becoming of your...
3: Okay, stop there if you want me to hear you out. <laughs>
2: I only meant uh, a well-molded woman such as you. Uh, <clears throat> I heard an interesting rumor about a Banook camp, tame machines the rumor said. So I uh, I hired men to investigate, to just investigate that's all. Those Banook are canny, too canny. I paid up front, well, uh, half up front. I- I've had no word back.
3: So now you're hiring someone to find the last men you hired. Shh,
2: <laughs> they're a sunk cost. This rumor's worth more to me.
3: So is there any more to the rumor about this camp?
2: <laughs> the last bunch just wanted to know about the reward. Hey, <laughs> you're a smart one. This camp isn't even big enough for a name up where the snow won't thaw. They say the Banuk Bear live alongside machines. Peaceful as you like. Keep them, use them, sing to them. If it's true, if we learned how they do it, think how valuable that would be to all the tribes.
3: When you say valuable, you mean they'd pay you for it.
2: Girl, I'm not made of straw.
3: What can you tell me about the Banuk?
2: The Banuk women? Snow witches all. Cold eyes, cold... They choose to live up there in Ban'ur, in the ice. Trying to have a conversation? It's like chipping them out of the stuff. They prefer machines for company. That's why I'm putting my shards on this rumor.
3: Then they might not want outsiders to know about this place.
2: (laughs) Ha! Their mystic act. No care for possessions, for luxuries. Pile of slag. Those people bargain harder than the winter frost.
3: Are you some kind of merchant? You don't seem to have any wares. Hmm, more of an explorer. But you send other people to do your exploring.
2: <clears throat> All right. More of an opportunist. Uh, girl. Uh, Nor a girl. <clears throat> Huntress. We live in a world of opportunities. Risky opportunities. But why should risk stand in the way of a lucrative prospect for the likes of me? All right. I'm more of a gambler.
3: If I did look into your rumor...
2: You won't need to climb up the shoulders of the world for it. It's on the edge of Banookland beneath the anvil of the moon. And you look like you know your way around the Savage East. Uh, um, the East, if it's true, they walk among machines without fear in this camp. Well,
0: you can't miss that, can you? Payment on return. So he heard a rumor that a Banuk camp uh well the, the banuq have a camp where they are living side by side with other machines doesn't know if it's true but he wants to figure it out you know and if it is true he wants to figure out what he can do to exploit whatever they're doing and sell it to other tribes and uh he sent another group uh but they never he never heard back from them again so yeah this is a interesting conversation because Dude, throughout the entire conversation, he keeps interrupting himself because he keeps saying derogatory stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, you look like, you know, the Savage East. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, like, oh, mm, the East, you know, I
1: wanted to punch him in the face. It's just because that's not that's not the only thing he was saying. He was talking about, like, her clothes, like, oh, you should wear clothes that are more fitting for a woman of your nature. And I'm like, bro. Do
0: you want me to do yeah. this or not? Yeah, I was doing. I know later on. Actually, yeah. So, um, he. I know later on he asks about the Banuk. Well, Aloy can, you know, she can ask about the Banuk, and he starts off calling by. He starts off by calling the women snow witches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, says, he says they're snow witches. He he says trying to have a conversation with them is like chipping them out of the ice that they live in. So, yeah, like he said a bunch of stuff. Uh, it is an interesting conversation. Like, you know, he's like, <laughs> he's Karja enough where, you know, they, because they, the Karja, you clearly think they're like high and mighty and above the other tribes that they, they, they do. Uh, but I guess maybe he didn't real he didn't agree with like the Sun King and the sacrifices and stuff like that. So he's a better Karja than the ones in, the, in, the, in Shadow.
1: I guess. You know. I think I think my favorite line, though, is when he didn't know how to address her. So he was like, girl, Nora, girl, Huntress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. So he also can't land on like what he is. Uh, like he's like, you know, because they kind of points out, for, you know, I think she, he says he's a merchant. And then she says, but you have no wares. And he's like, he's, he's like, I'm an explorer. But he doesn't actually explore. He sends other people to explore for him, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm more of an opportunist." And then he finally is like, "Ah, oh, I'm a gambler." <laughs> I <Like>, think that's <laughs> what he says. <laughs> so you know, I mean it's not like a uh, you know Ronamon back there. He he gambles on like I, I wouldn't call him a gambler. Maybe a high risk investor is what I would probably call him in this case because like he's like informant. investing. He's an informant. Yeah. I, I, I was saying I was saying like a high risk investor because he's paying people to go out and find this discovery. And then he's like, you know, he, he's putting the money in up front and expecting them to come back with this information oh, yeah. so that he can kind of exploit it. So he's like, you know, he's he's investing in it. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happened, you know, to those other people here in a minute. But, yeah, it, it's not working out for him. So but uh, yeah, so A-Lo, she does agree to Head to that Banuke village, and when she gets there, she can confirm that all the machines are docile. Uh, and she's like, It's like they've been overwritten. Actually, I think they can make the same exact noise, but like they've been overwritten. You just don't see the blue cable stuff going on. So, and there's a bunch of different machines there. There's scrappers there, there are watches there, watches are everywhere, and then there's also ravagers, and uh. You know, it took me forever to find the guy who I was supposed to talk to. T-Cook? There's a guy named T-Cook you could talk to. But it took me forever. He's actually kind of in the the front of the camp. And I don't know. I, I walked right past him.
1: I didn't talk to him at all.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. That could also happen because... Yeah, so there... If you turn your focus on, Aloy will see a signal. And you could just follow the signal up. So there is an option not to talk to T-Cook.
1: Yeah, that's what I didn't even realize um i did eventually have to talk to him but not at this part at all
0: yeah yeah i the, the, the first conversation the second conversation i wonder if it even made sense to you not having the first conversation yeah
1: i was really confused while i was talking to him for the second conversation because i left because there was a couple of things that i had to hand in um so i right. just left i didn't even look to see if the marker was still still there and i had to come back
0: right yeah so t he uh yeah, he's like kind of there in the front. So there's a, uh, 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 oh, wow, I was going to say a snap maw or a snap jaw, but it's not. It's it's a thunder jaw that's kind of tied down and sitting there, but it's it's dead. It, whatever happened to it. Maybe it ran out of blaze. I don't know. But it is uh, it is it is not active. And he was near it, but he was actually attending like tending to a watcher or something like that. So his, yeah, actually, when you go up there, his back is to you. He just kind of looks like an NPC that's doing something.
1: Well, the reason I actually didn't talk to him is because I didn't go into the front of the camp. I did a weird thing on the other side because I was exploring (laughs) because there is a Uh Banuk figure. And I didn't want to walk all the way around to get to that side of the map. So I'm like, I wonder if I can just kind of hop and see if I can get over this hill and I did and I got the Banuke figure and then when I went down I was like halfway in the camp or something already so I just completely dodged him
0: oh wow okay yeah well I missed him because I didn't I just didn't realize who he was you just broke the game and (laughs) (laughs) you know just, just, just jumped around it so but uh yeah so you can speak to him greetings Nora I am Tikuk.
3: Shaman, I've never seen anything like this.
4: (laughs) The blue light is strong here. My people traveled far from the heights of Ban Ur to experience it for themselves.
3: The blue light?
4: The light of the machine spirits. It is all around us. It settles upon us. This is how it used to be before they grew angry.
3: I... I know about the derangement, but... I didn't think the machines were ever this calm. What is it about this place?
4: We don't really know. We sing... and we listen... to the machine songs.
3: Cook, have any other Outlanders come through here recently?
4: Some Asaram, yes. They were convinced the machines were malfunctioning. As if machines were mere devices in need of repair. Well, that is how the Asaram see the world, is it not? They ate with us. Then, when they were satisfied, there was nothing they could explain. They left with the Northern Light.
3: The machines sing to you?
4: To each other. You are a hunter. You must have heard. Their communions and hymns, their calls and cries. We're not meant to understand, but we shamans try to interpret. What is the song that angered them so, that turned them upon us? What song soothes them? Does it thrum in the air here, just outside of hearing? How can we heal the machine world?
3: Do you mind if I look around more, Tikuk?
4: Speak, trade,
0: listen. You are welcome. No harm will come to you here. Yeah, And so, uh, I mean, ultimately, he's not really sure why the machines are so calm, but he is all about it, right? He's like, oh, the the, the blue light is strong here. The light of the machine spirits is strong here. That's what the blue light is. It's the light of the machine spirits. And now, I'm not even talking to the audience right now. I'm talking to Christina because she didn't have this conversation. (laughs) No
1: idea.
0: (laughs) Okay. And um, I think that he thinks... That the machine spirits are getting influenced by the spirits of past machines. Because he said that the machines weren't always, you know, violent. <laughs> you know, they weren't always angry. And so I think that's what he thinks is happening is that the machines are being influenced by the spirits of past machines. So he he did talk about the other adventurers that Vilgun sent. And uh, he said they were Osram and they thought the machines were broken. And they left when they couldn't find anything. And this is, I mean, no, it makes sense for Asaram because that's how they view the world. Because they think the world is a machine and it's up to the Aseram to to tend to that machine. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, depending on which ruins the Asaram find, they might actually think they they found the world machine. So, but uh, yeah, so when it comes to a new, because this is, I think maybe our, and this is not our only interaction with the Banuke. We've had an interaction with like a Banuke here, Banuke there, um, but this is our up until this point. In the DLC, you interact with the Banuke a ton, but in the main game, this is where we get our, I guess, our, our the most information on the Banuke. And you know, it, it seems like the Banuke want to under understand the machines better, not as machines, but as beings. It almost seems he, he talks about the machine songs. And they can't understand it, but they try to interpret them to try to find out what makes them calm, what makes them angry, try to figure out why they turned on humans and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and he tells Aloy that she's welcome to look around and, you know, he just lets you let you look around. So, But, uh, yeah, like, like I said, if you're not jumping across the mountain range <laughs> when you figure out how to get up there, if you turn your focus on, you see a signal coming from, like, the top of this, of this hill. And, you know, you just follow a path and you do some platform and get up there. Not Christina's type. I mean, the type that they actually built for the game. <laughs> and when you get there, you find some Asaram tied up and when you untie them, they tell you what's going on. And apparently the Asaram never left. Like, they had snuck up to the mountain and found the source of what was calming the machines. And it's some type of ancient device that he's, uh, one of the Asaram said it looks like it fell out of the sky. And they wanted to stop the others from trying to move it, and I guess when they decide when they did that, the others were like, "Well, no, we're just going to tie you up so we can do what we need to do." Uh, but now they want you to stop the others from try, from taking it to Pitchcliff for auction, and uh, the device is in a pretty bad shape. And if it breaks, the Banuke will be massacred. That's what they were worried about. But not all of them, clearly, not the ones that were stronger. I'll put it like that because. If they were the stronger ones, they probably wouldn't end up tied up. You know, I don't think that's how that works. But uh, so, anyway, she said, Tell them to get out of here. That they had done enough damage. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. That's kind of unfair. Like, they were just sent to do a job. They, these two guys in particular, they saw what was going on and they're like, No, we should leave it alone. The other guy's like, No, we're going to take it. And then they got tied up. That's your crew, turn them I was like, oh, That's a little unfair of you.
1: Yeah, they didn't really <laughs> do anything. They did their job. You're right.
0: Yeah, they did their job, and then when they saw what they were about to do was harmful to the Banuk, they were gonna back off, right? So, yeah, hey, well, I don't know. I'm not on your side in this one. You get a little righteous for my taste here. Okay? A little self-righteous. But, um, you go to confront the other Asaram, and she wants to take a look at the device, but, like, one of the guys is claiming it's his. Uh, there's one that's clearly in charge, and, um... Even then, like the the other guy that's with him while he's talking, is like, "Dude, I don't have a I don't have a good feeling about this." And then he says, "You could take it yourself," and he leaves. But he's like, "Well, how much is it worth to you? Even if it's scrap, it's still worth money. So how much is it worth to you?" And always says it's worth more than me than you are, <laughs> you know. Which I was like, "Okay, I'll take that one." And uh, the guy's like, "Ah, it's not worth it." Essentially, you know. And he he just leaves. He just leaves it alone. But at that point, it might have been. Too late because Aloy she investigates the device. At this point, it's clearly it's like not working anymore. Uh, but you know, you do get to investigate it, and it's some type of processor. That you know, the game gets kind of nondescript, it just says a processor for advanced design, it experienced some type of catastrophic uh malfunction, it uh contains some corrupted code and i guess the code corruption happened about 20 years ago cuz it says 20 approximately 20 years ago and since then it's been sending this signal out signal to where who knows but it's been sending a uh, a a signal out and uh that's what calmed the machines the problem though is that um I should say the problem but they never explain why it calms the machines
1: yeah I, so this is because the machine started getting more hostile like 20-ish years ago. So it's convenient, not convenient, but this is like around the same time, right? So that can't be a coincidence. So now I'm like, what the heck is this? And did are these all around the world? And then they all corrupted 20 years ago, but this one just took 20 years to like finally, I don't know, die?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously... There, there's a, a a thread here, right? Uh, like that the machine started about twenty, approximately twenty years ago. The machine started getting more angry or more deranged. Twenty years ago, this happened. Uh, Aloy's eighteen years old, you know. So like there's a there's a there's a there's a string here that you w- I will say I think you will you're gonna get a decent amount of information about it before the end of this game. I will say that they do definitely leave some questions very open. That I hope they they answer in Forbidden West, but we're not we're not there yet. So <laughs> we'll get there. But no, you're you're on the right path. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, the device clearly isn't working at this point. Uh, Aloy she heads back to the village, and even before you get down there, um, you know the you can see the machines are attacking. I do wonder what happened to those glint hawks, because when you came up there were these three glinthawks sitting there and they were just chilling. Mm-hmm. After you go back, the glint hawks are missing. Which I assume they were attacking the village, but you don't see them. So maybe they but, got uh, shot yes. down first. Maybe, maybe that's that is feasible. I didn't see it though. Didn't didn't see it. Didn't happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh Yeah, but the the Banuka are fighting the machines and the hunters seem ready for it. There's a lot of them too. Like you can see the little like white figures like above their heads. There's a bunch of the hunters, and the one the hunter says, "I think they say something like the hunters back." Like it seems mm-hmm. like they're pretty excited. About the, uh, you know, being able to, to, you know, mess up these machines again. They were getting a little bored. But after all the machines are, are down, you can talk to T Cook again. Nora, did you know this change would come upon us?
3: Not exactly. Although I know there is a lot changing in our world. This time it was outsiders, those Asaram thought.
4: The Asaram do not think, they will never understand the balance between us. Between man and machine. Now the blue light has gone, and we are left with many songs. But more for mourning than gratitude.
3: So what now? Will you go back to your homeland?
4: When we teach the young to walk on shifting ice, we say, the secret is taking one step, then the next. Perhaps one day we will understand the machine's mysteries.
3: I hope so. Good luck, T-Cook.
0: So, I mean, he's clearly disappointed at this point, you know, because he well, he asks Aloy, did you know this was going to happen? And she's like, eh, not really, but, you know, things are changing. Um, I mean, she clearly knew something was causing the machines to be calm, and right. it wasn't the spirit of the old machines. <laughs> you but know. you
1: can't just tell them that. Like, they wouldn't believe you. <laughs> so.
0: Right, that's true. But he's also, like, he he can, you know, she, she tells him what the Asaram did, and you can tell how angry he is about it because his tone kind of changes because uh, okay, she was going to say the Asuram thought and he's like, they don't think, <laughs> you know, so he's pretty, he was pretty upset about the Asuram and uh, what they did. But, you know, she asked if he's going to go back to Banner and he gave her like a non-answer, in my opinion. She's like, well, the secret to walking on shifting ice is to take one step and then take another. It's like, OK, you're going to take it one step at a time
1: like one step to banner or like one step <laughs> to like at a time to rebuild like what
0: yeah like what's going on so but yeah that that kind of ends well it doesn't end the quest but that ends uh you know their little village there where they ha- were working in harmony with the machines. so a little sad for them like i said he was he was he was so happy <laughs> he was <laughs> so happy that the machines were like you know calm and you know, maybe he thought that, like, you know, observing these machine songs, as he put it, would help him to figure out how to make the other machines, you know, not angry anymore.
1: Well, I didn't get to see him as happy, so.
0: Yeah. But in my opinion, Vilgren, it would have been better if Vilgren came there himself and found it because the Asaram wanted to just grab it at Pitchcliff grab it take it to pitch cliff and then like auction it off they just want to remove it from there and auction it off vilgren and i'm gonna give him a little credit here he may have tried to figure out how does it work what does it do you know can i replicate it because what he wants is to kind of sell that technology to other or sell that ability to other tribes you know like he probably would have like been a bit more careful than the osram they just want to grab it and go. You know, like he knew what he said. Like, he, he didn't even care if it was scrap. Like, by the time they got there, he said scrap is still worth something. So, taking the Asaram, you know, the Asaram, uh like I said, I, I don't think the Asaram were the best <laughs> to, 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 to take it there. No. So, uh, but yeah, when you go back to Meridian, you can talk to Vilgrind again.
1: Outlander, are you
2: looking for. Wait, I know your face. You came back! How did we fare?
3: Expensively.
2: That's what I was afraid of.
3: The tame machines... It's hard to explain, but there was a kind of signal that calmed them. Your men got greedy, so it's gone now.
2: Gambling's a shoddy job, girl. I should have been a weapons dealer. That's steady work. Here, take it. The half I'd owed those hammer-handed chunks.
3: Half? I finished the job. And what was it you said? Enough to buy a more becoming garb?
2: What do you want? Card just silks? Ah, hoisted on my own purse strings.
0: I did think it was funny because at first he doesn't even recognize her. Yeah, because he starts to give her the, the same pitch all over again. And I mean, I was thinking, like, how many times has he pitched this to people? Like, or how <laughs> many people have accepted this? How many people are on their way to that Banuk village right now? <laughs> you know.
1: I don't think many. Uh, I don't think he's gotten many hits. If he's still, one, asking people, to, he was probably asking people long before we got there. Like, these people that were there were there for a while. So, one group accepted, and then we accepted. So, so he doesn't really have good odds here, I think.
0: Maybe. I mean, but he definitely could have got somebody. Well, especially with how long it took for me to get over there. (laughs) He could have gotten somebody else to 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 hop on as oh yeah i'll go check it out the banook aren't that bad so yeah i mean the banook aren't like the nora like i don't think the Karja are afraid of the banook like they are the nora because i don't know if they call the banook savages at all they might they probably do but i haven't heard them refer to the banook as savages whereas they refer to Nora as savages there was one Glyph. I think it comes a little later on when we talk about Bright Market. There is a is a glyph there at one at like a an innkeeper, and he's reading about the Nora and it's talking about how they they do their feminine rites in the moonlight and they eat tree bark and stuff like that. <laughs> like it is, it's like they have this really they've painted this picture of the Nora as being like like you know savage savage. But like even like um the 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 Banuk figure collector in meridian you know just kind of all she did was kind of comment on how their society is equal as long as you can get the job done or you can you can be strong and stuff like that so it's interesting but the banuke they do have their own problems trust me i mean other than that they wouldn't be great you know hosts for the dlc i'll tell you that much true uh but yeah so she gives him the deets on what happened Signal's gone and he's bit. he's a little like you know not happy about it because, you know, he's, he lost shards on it. He's like, ah, I should have been, a, I think, a, a weaponsmith or something like that. He said, that's steady work. But he offers Aloy the half that the Asuram were supposed to get, not the full amount. And she's like, no, like, no, you gotta give me the full amount. And then she actually comments on what he said about her getting like proper garb or dress or something like that. A more becoming and garb. A more, Yeah, more becoming garb. And uh, then, yeah, he... Uh, Give to the full amount. So, and if you talk to him again after the fact, he'll say, I, I, he says, I remember your face. I remember everybody that I lose shards to. So, yeah, like I said, he, he says he's a gambler, he's more of an investor to me. But I guess investing sometimes is just gambling, right?
1: I guess so. I just feel like he's uh, the kind of person that tries to be someone who like buys and sells information, but he's just really bad at it. So maybe that's why he's a gambler because he like hardly. Ever succeeds,
0: yeah. Maybe, maybe he should go and become like a weapons dealer or whatever he said. <laughs> Something that's more steady, you know. Gambling's not for everybody, investing's not for everybody, you know. Let's go ahead and move on to supply and demand, which is actually a pretty short side quest, technically speaking. I mean, you could be done with this in like a few minutes if you want. it's not even a side quest, it's an errand, right? So, in the Meridian Village, there are two craftsmen who are in business together. But they can't agree on what type of material they need. Uh, one wants a snapmall lens because it has it's it has a lot of uses and durable. The other wants a long leg lens because he says it'll look better. I'm not a craftsman, so I have no idea how you take a lens of a Snap snapmall or a long leg and use them. But either way, uh one is an osram, awesome one, one's a Karja, and they are playing to like kind of the cultures of each tribe. Like, you know, I I get the, the Karja one's kind of like. Uppity, I guess you can say. <laughs> that's that's his. He's like uppity snooty. Uh he wants the long leg lens because it's you know, he says it, it makes for better designs or better crafting, but you know, the card well, not the card, the Oscarom awesome wants the snapmall lens because it I guess it just has more application. All right, that's that's why he wants it. And uh you can get both lenses or you can only get one lens, it's up to you. To, to determine which one that you actually want. So the snap mall lens I got without a hitch. I actually did that on the, that, uh, under the fallen quest. That one. I just, I got when I did that one. The long leg lens was a little different because I went to go kill a long leg. And I like, there had to be, there was like two or three long legs. There was a sawtooth. Uh, there were a watcher or two. And not far, there were some scrappers. So I alerted, like I, I messed up and I alerted the long legs, which alerted the other long legs, which alerted the the sawtooth, then the watches. We, I ran a little bit too far as I'm fighting them. Oh. And then the scrappers got involved. So I basically had this massive brawl of machines like kind of coming after me. So that one could have went a bit smoother. But I actually ended up returning both lenses. And at first, the car—sorry, the yeah, the craftsman—he only wanted to buy the long leg lens. But the osram craftsman was like, "Look, we're gonna get both lenses because the snap mall lens will cover the loss we take on the on the long leg lens." And they start arguing back and forth. And the Karja craftsman craftsman's like, he doesn't think the osram craftsman has any imagination uh, because he can't see the value of a long leg lens. Even the, and the 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 thought I'm getting is that the osram uh craftsman's probably the one that's right here. he's probably the one that that's getting the right lens because you know the other one just seems like a dreamer right he's an artist he's an artiste like that's that's the type of of a uh, a feeling I get from him.
1: yeah, well, I sided with the uh the Osram because I had a snapma lens and I didn't know you could hand him both oh uh-huh. so I, <laughs> I just handed it over um and he was excited. He was like, oh, what a beauty. And the Karja was like, you only know that word when you're bringing them home from the tavern. Uh, <laughs> 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 and the officer responds with uh, your objects won't pay our uh, dues because artists are always poor or something like that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just keep arguing as you walk away.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 It's a terrible partnership, but I guess it works with them in some way. Yeah, but that's, like, basically, like it just makes more sense for me. Like, if he's, like, if he's saying it has this much more application, then, yeah, it's going to be worth more. But, like, it feels like the 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 craftsman wants the long-leg lens, and either he's going to make something with it or try to sell somebody, like, another, like, you know, artist on, oh, no, you'd want to use this long-leg lens that I have because then you can do all these different you know, artistic things with it. It just makes things that everything looks so much better.
1: I almost feel like the card, you would know what would sell better because they would be selling it there. But also he, yeah, he kind of just seemed like it was pretty. And I don't know it people up top might want to buy something that's pretty to put in their house.
0: I don't think they're just going to buy a, a like a, a, a raw long leg lens though and just slap it on the wall, right? I like they, it needs to be in something. I, if I knew the application and how it was applied, this would be so true. much easier. a conversation. Yeah. We don't know. True. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, that, that that's a really fast one. Like you, that's another one where you just kind of grab it and you get it somewhere along the way. You know, even though I did have to, I don't, I can't recall. Any quest that make you go kill a long legs? Like make you get supplies from a long legs?
1: I don't think so. I like at that point I didn't really run into too many. So that's why I didn't have a lens. I probably killed like I don't know 5 or 6.
0: Right, yeah. The only time I know that you actually have to run into him and kill him, like one is in that early quest by that cauldron. Right. The one where that where that guy waits just long enough. To say he's sorry and he dies after he gets shot by the uh, stalker. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, also that um, called, not a cauldron, sorry, a corrupted zone right before you go into Day Tower. So I know you have to fight them there, but most of the time you're just kind of running into them. Like, oh, you also do have to fight them in a cauldron too. There's that, there's that area. So, but I almost feel like, it's especially at this part of the game, fighting snap is more frequent. It's more accessible, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. That makes sense. But either way, but yeah, it wasn't my favorite, uh, but it's easy enough, so get it off the the books fast. But yeah, so now we're going to move into the main quest, the main story quest, which is into the Borderlands. And for this, you have to go back to Meridian and actually head into the palace. Uh, So once Aloy gets back to Meridian, uh, you know, she... And, and heads toward the palace she actually is greeted by someone named the blameless marad greetings aloy i am known as blameless Murad. please come with me you're needed for an important
5: consultation
3: what do you mean where's Erend?
5: he's inside attending the sun king where we should be without further delay follow me please
0: and so um anyway, she expected to see Aaron, but you know Murad was there instead. Aaron is currently with the Sun King, and apparently so should they. So Murad wants to kind of hurry things up and, you know, make a, you know make their way to the Sun King. But uh, there's a line of people. When you're walking into the palace, you don't get to see much of the palace. I wish you got to see more of the palace. You know, in 2017, this was more impressive. I will right. admit it was more impressive in 2017. But as I'm looking at it now, I was like, you don't get to see much of this place. Um, but yeah, you, you, there are a line of people who are on their way to, to, to see Avad or to at least talk to Avad because, um, they want to ask him for favors. That's what Murad says. Murad's like, yeah, they're here to ask the Sun King for favors. Um, he doesn't go too deep into it because, like, he doesn't say what they're really looking for, but he says it's just, it's just politics. So, uh, you know, at, when, oh, you know, I was gonna say as Aloy, but of course, you're, the entire game you're playing as Aloy, anyway. But um, as Aloy is walking past them, uh, she can hear people talking, and they're like, "Oh, first the Ostrom gets special treatment, and now at- Outlanders from the Savage East." You know, they use that word a lot, that term a lot. Um, so they're they're some upset, and Marad's just kind of like, "I ignore them." You know, nobles. He, I think, I'm, yeah. You see, I think the exact thing he says is that nobles are like children who whine when they don't get dessert. So that sounds like nobles. So, but uh, yeah. So, Marad takes Aloy to meet Aaron and the Sun King.
5: Aloy of the Nora, she who sees the unseen. Welcome. It would seem you have done me a great service. Aaron, tell her what you found. I, I checked Urse's tomb. You were right, Aloy. The body is missing a scar below her right knee. I gave it to Ursa when we were kids, fighting over a toy sword. If the body is not Ursa's, then we must assume she is still alive. And I will not abandon her.
3: We only know she was taken, not who took her.
5: I can help with that. Ursa has an enemy among the Osseron. A warlord named Durval. Impossible. Every clan in the claim has been hunting for him since the liberation. He has to be dead by now. No no other Osseron had the motive and ingenuity to lure Ursa into this trap. I expect to find him lurking somewhere near the border. I've already sent an agent to investigate. He'll be waiting for word from us at the marketplace in Pitchcliffe. I can't move troops to the border without provoking the Asaram. But I could send a few vanguardsmen. And perhaps an exceptionally gifted Nora as well. Errant, Murad. Let me discuss it with her privately. I hate to impose further after all you've done, but this is a matter of great importance to me.
3: It sounds like Ursa means a lot to you.
5: Without her Asaram vanguard, I would not have been able to liberate Meridian and end my father's brutal reign. Since then, it has been difficult to maintain peace between our tribes. But Ursa has a way of making her people see reason. So you see, I need her back at my side. And quickly.
3: Who is Durval, exactly?
5: To understand Durval... You must first understand my father. He truly thought of himself as a sun god. His mind was... broken. He believed that blood sacrifice would solve... well, everything. So he raided the other tribes for victims. Especially the Asaron. Durval fought back. He crafted powerful weapons and rallied his people. My father responded with... The ultimate cruelty. He captured Durval's wife and daughter and sacrificed them in the Sun Ring.
3: So why would Durval go to so much trouble to kidnap Ursa?
5: He felt she betrayed him. She fought by his side until she realized he planned to raise Meridian and butcher its people. Then she came to me. Together, we stopped him and liberated the city from my father. Derval has spent every moment since trying to get revenge, mostly on the other Asuram who fought with us. He made so many powerful enemies, I thought we'd seen the last of him. I was wrong.
3: The killers who attacked the Nora. I've discovered that they're a faction of Shadow Karja called the Eclipse. They're digging up ancient weapons, machines that corrupt and control other machines. They want to use them to strike Meridian.
5: What you're saying echoes reports I've received from Murad, a Shadow Carja splinter group, corrupted machines across the land. When will this attack come? Do you know?
3: I'm not exactly sure.
5: And we will do what we can to prepare.
0: But in the meantime, Ursa is my highest priority. Yeah, so Avad, he you know begins by thanking Aloy uh, because she was correct. Ursa is alive. And also on top of that, without her. They would have had no idea that Ursa could possibly be alive. And because Aaron, he went to go back and check the body and she's missing a scar on her knee that he gave her when they were young. So that's how so they know it's not Ursa's body. I wonder if they asked, well, then who is it? <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't think anybody has said They anything. don't
1: care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, It's not Ursa. Asking. That's the
1: important part.
0: Yeah. It's like, who is it? Not Ursa. <laughs> you know, <and> <laughs> the conversation ends there. Uh, but um, As- Avad he wants to recover Ursa, but they still really don't know who has her. But then Maraud suddenly he he interjects. He's like, "Ah, oh, I think the 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 culprit is uh, a warlord named Durval. And Aaron doesn't think that's the case because he's like, "That guy's got to be dead by now," because every Asrom clan has been hunting for him since the liberation. The Asrom actually had sentenced him to death because he started attacking. Asaram clans because they allied uh, or I don't want to say allied, but at least uh, made peace with the Karja post-liberation. He didn't like that. So he actually started attacking his own people. Uh, But Murad says he's the only one who had the motive or ingenuity to capture her. And so he thinks he's near the border uh, when that's actually where Pitchcliffe is, but he's near the border and sent an agent to investigate. So um, Avad he can't really take his army or take like a bunch of troops and move them to the border without provoking the Asaram, but he can send some vanguardsmen um, to essentially you know to that location since they're also Asaram, so it, it's a, it's a better uh, visual, I would say. <laughs> um, he also wants Aloy to go, and of course she agrees because we want to play more game, you know. Duh. So <laughs> it's I a main this story wasn't, quest.
1: I thought this wasn't her war though.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's invested now, though. So, but um, Avad he asked to speak to Aloy privately, and you know you can ask a bunch of questions. You can ask about Avad and Ursa, and he's like, "Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to liberate Meridian without her," and she also helps keep the peace between the Karja and Vyassaram. Uh and she does that. Like he t- he talks about it later, but he does she does that because. She kind of says, "You know, it's not going to be like it was before, right? Where the cards felt like they were superior. Like, like they're going to move in a fashion that's mutually beneficial for everybody. That's what she she essentially tells him. You know, Aloy asks about their and you know, she'll you know he'll Avada uh, you know at least knows who he is. I mean, I guess he had to know who he is because he did go to the Asaram for help when he was uh, running from his dad. So." He says Duvall made weapons for the Asuram and was able to rally them during the Red Raids. And Jaron knew that, and actually, in retaliation, he captured Duvall's wife and child and put them in the Sun Ring. And uh, yeah, this this clearly like this is the clearly the the driving factor behind Duvall hating the Karja so much. You know, he wants revenge, and uh, Duvall wanted to capture Ursa. At least this is what he thinks that Duvall wanted to capture Ursa because he felt that she betrayed him. Ursa. And Aaron used to work with Durval. And um, when they found out that Durval wanted to not not just, you know, take down Jaron, but he wanted to actually raise Meridian or almost or probably destroy Meridian and kill any Karja. You know, everybody. He wanted to come in here and slaughter the entire, I don't even know what you call it, settlement of Meridian. The town? I don't know. I, I would call it more of a settlement. <laughs> so, but he wanted to kill them all. But then that's when Ursa and Aaron, or maybe it just happened like around the same time that Ursa and Aaron, uh, that that Avad came around, and you know they sided with uh, and Ursa and Aaron joined his fight. So, so essentially, Durval felt like he had been robbed of his revenge. You know, and you know, and he had been trying to get back. At her and any other Osram awesome that actually helped fight, uh, that actually fought with Abad. So yeah, it's not just her; it's anybody uh, that that did it. But her mostly because he hurt, she hurt his feelings. So <laughs> you can ask about the eclipse, and you know, Aloy tells about like basically what she knows that the you know the eclipse are using corrupted machines. They are built an army. Uh, they're going to take back. They're going to try to take back Meridian, and apparently Avad has heard this too. Marad told him the same thing, and he asks if she knows when the attack is going to happen. And she doesn't. And he's like, "Well, let me know if you find out anything else." For now, let's just focus on getting getting Ursa back. So, uh, you can ask some additional questions too. Uh, more more so about the palace and about Avad. She it really does get snarky about the palace. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can almost see the little people on the mesa. And I'm like, yo, it's not his fault that he was born into, like, royalty. (laughs) Like, jeez. Like, like lay off a little bit. Uh, You know, but actually, Avad says he doesn't approve of the palace either. uh, But change doesn't happen that fast. It's like, well, she doesn't actually believe that change will happen at all while men live in palaces. And Avad says, well, it can if people like you help me. But I'm like, there's no shame in that. Like, you know, you're born into royalty. Okay. It's what you do (laughs) with it. (laughs) <laughs> you know
1: use your power for good
0: yeah i mean it's uh he probably has a better attitude than a bunch of the nobles that are coming to see him <laughs> you know
1: oh he absolutely does yeah
0: he definitely has a better attitude than his dad i'll tell you <laughs> that much <laughs> you know so you know it's a it's a it's a start um she does ask how the osmarom could be both friend and foe and um you know, he he once again talks about how he couldn't have taken Meridian without the Asuram. But after the fact, a bunch of them settled in uh, Meridian after the liberation. And some of their leaders back in the homeland or the claim are jealous of their success since then. And he says some of the Kharjian Nobles are as well. So uh, you take that and you mix it with the fact that, you know, Joran was raiding the Asuram for years. It it makes the situation kind of volatile between them and the, the Asuron. But, one, you know, Ursa is the one who keeps the peace there and helps out. So you can also ask about the Shadow Karja, but he doesn't tell us anything we don't already know at this point. Right. Right. Because he does. I think he is the first person to say exactly that they are remnants of his father's old army. And that they are... They got pushed in the sunfall. He, he's the first person to really say that in dialogue directly. Everybody else has said it like you already knew it. Right. After that, you know, you can go and talk to Aaron and uh Marad. You could talk to either uh one of them. I talked to Aaron first. That's who I talked to. I figured he'd have the most interesting thing to say. And... um yeah, he tells you almost everything a Vod tells you, but he also adds to the fact that their Vod was actually sweet on Ursa and she wasn't like feeling it. He he does tell you that. Dude, I'm looking at your face; you don't remember that.
1: I didn't talk to him.
0: Oh no! <laughs> I yeah. went
1: straight to. I didn't talk to anybody afterward. My, well, I'm missing so many things.
0: <laughs> yeah, like they were standing right there behind uh, the, the 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 chair, the Sun King chair. <laughs>
1: I, I I didn't even see them. I might have just teleported away. As soon. Really?
0: <laughs> see, that's why you got to use your legs sometimes. <sighs> you can't just be fast travel. See, if you would have played on PS4, you would have definitely ran back there because you weren't going to fast travel just just to fast travel. It had to be a long. I guess, suddenly speaking, pitch clips is a long distance, though.
1: But yeah. if you haven't
0: been in that part of the map yet, you wouldn't have had any any uh fast travel points i I feel like i was
1: far enough for some reason out there where it was far enough that i could travel like it wasn't right outside of the city it was further past the quarry
0: gotcha that i was able to
1: teleport so man i might not have fast traveled but i might not have even seen them there like sometimes my mind just goes tunnel vision
0: right yeah no i I can see that (laughs) But they are there. I will tell you that much. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so if you talk to Aaron, like I said, you know, he does give you that piece of information that Duval was sweet on Ursa and she did not reciprocate. Uh, And he also talks about, like, you know, Aloy asks about how close Ursa and Avad were. And he does mention that there were rumors that Ursa and Avad had hooked up, but he doesn't believe it. He thinks Avad is too skinny for her. So, yeah, it probably happened. (laughs) <laughs> he's just being the brother, like ah, I. That's right. not our type, you right. know. So, but yeah, those are the two things that Aaron really adds to the conversation. And when it comes to Mariah, man, he's so annoying to talk to. Like his answers are so dodgy. Like y- you ask him what he does for the Sun King, and it was something to the effect of whatever needs to be done.
3: Like you know, <laughs> that
0: was that was that. Uh, You ask why it's called blameless maraud, and he says it depends on who's doing the blaming and what is to be blamed for. Like that's not the answer, dude. Like, (laughs) you know, come on, man, give me something here. So yeah, he's he's this type of person. Um, You can insinuate that he's a spy, and he doesn't deny it either. He's just like, oh, he's like, oh, there are lots of voices in the Sundom, and I'm just a good, good listener. Like, please, a straight answer. But that's why he's so good at his job. I'm assuming. Uh, you can ask him about his previous relationship with the Sun King. Because actually, I think Aloy says something like that. Something like, well, you served the previous Sun King. And he says, I served him to his enemies, but nothing I could be blamed for or proven or something like that.
1: I was going to say, his answers are probably all dodgy because he's blameless. So he can't commit (laughs) to anything. So he can't be blamed for anything.
0: Oh, yeah. He's not in any relationships. Like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> like, there's no way, there's no way you could deal with that. So, um, he you can ask about like what to expect of the Osram border, and he tells you that most of the Osram want nothing to do with Durval. Like I said, he, you know, I said earlier, he's wanted by all the tribes or all the clans in in the Osram and the claim. And but he does say that Durval does have a following, and mostly those who fought with him and fought in the Red Raids. So he's not going to be alone and he's also going to have some dangerous toys because he's that's what he, he's like a tinkerer, toy maker. Not toy maker, sorry. Um like a weapon. He makes weapons, <laughs> he makes advanced weapons. So but uh yeah, I mean that's pretty much where it ends in the palace. And from that point, you need to hit the pitchcliffe to actually, you know, investigate pitchcliffe and see if you can find Duval But for this episode, that's where we're actually gonna stop. And next episode, we're gonna continue that. And actually, I do believe, see, I don't want to make promises. I'm gonna do it anyway and I do believe we're gonna finish out the entire like the rest of the Meridian quest line I would call it that's what we're gonna do on 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 the next episode so yeah like Christina what's you know you know what I'm about to ask you know why Mm -hmm. I'm here
1: Mm -hmm. um so at this point in the story because I did um oh my goodness what was Christmas Town called again (laughs)
0: Oh, North of the Rust Wash. Yeah, Maker's Maker's End. end. Yeah, sorry.
1: I did Maker's End first, so I was like half interested in this, but I'm like, man, I really need to know what happened. And so...
0: With the old ones, you mean? With the
1: old ones, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need to do this. And maybe that's why I missed it, because I'm like, I just need to go back to that other story. I need to finish my side quest and go back to the other story. So I might have missed the dialogue because of that. Um but I think at this point it was kind of like, I don't want to say a low, it was like very stagnant because I was working on side quests and working on this quest when I wanted to do other things. But right. yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have too many comments because I was just like <laughs> running around in Meridian for like 20 hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got to get this done so I can get to the content that I actually want to consume. Right. Okay, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like it does. I will say the old one storyline is definitely more compelling than this. I will say. You know, cause this this uh this is this this issue with the Asaram or Derval kind of just popped up out of nowhere. Like before it was all old ones, ruins, shadow carja, eclipse, and now you got this other like faction who I don't know, doesn't really seem all that interesting. He's just mad. Like it's just this right. guy that's mad. You know, and the more you find out about him, like, oh, he was sweet on Ursa, and so he felt betrayed and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, I, you do, you do see, you know, um, find that his wife and child were killed by the Sun King, so that that's the driving force behind him. Uh, but still, like, it's just not as interesting as finding out what happened to the old ones, what is Project, you know, Zero Dawn, what is, uh, <laughs> you know, what did they talk about at U.S. Robox Command, you know, right. stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So at this point, I was like, I don't really care. Like, I felt like I got everything that I really could out of this part of the story. And then I'm like, oh, I have to finish. Not saying that it was bad, like, especially, you know, going through the rest of it. I'm like, okay, that was a good story. It just, at that point, kind of felt more side quest y versus main story.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I can understand that. Oh. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll dive more into that in the in the next episode and then after that uh shortly after that we'll be able to kind of just push more so into the main into the main quest line so um of the old ones that is but yeah so with that i'd like to thank everybody for listening uh if you want to know what's going on with this show or the matches Buttons network you can follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash the mash network uh christina you want to tell them where they can find you
1: yeah, you can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, I also am the host of a Final Fantasy XIV podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales. And there we talk about anything that has to do with the game. So main story, side story, whatever it is.
0: All right. And you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Tradamus, And uh, sometimes when I stream on Twitch, I TV slash mash those buttons as our Twitch channel. And uh, like I said before, we'd love to have you join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. We would love to hear from you guys with comments and questions about the show, about the game. So please reach out to us on either Discord or uh, you can do so on Twitter. Or you can even send us an email at contact at mash.gg. And uh, if you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can visit mtb.gg support. And you can see all the different ways to support Mash Those Buttons. Uh, we do have a Patreon. We have a Teespring store. We have uh, Twitch subscriptions for my Twitch channel. Uh, you can use our Humble Bundle affiliate links to buy games on the Humble Store. And, you know, that would help us out, too. And, yeah, you can also send us a one-time PayPal donation. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons. And with that, we're done for this episode. We will see you on the next episode for the exciting conclusion of the Meridian Questline.
1: Woo! See ya.